Morning, everybody. Greetings in the name of Jesus. It's such an incredible privilege to be able to minister this morning with Pastor Nick and Blade away. And we know that they're just on mission for God, and we're so excited. Havana and I, we were watching the videos um, from Kenya. We both burst into tears because we know how impactful it is when people go out on mission, how lives are changed. Pastor Misty, you've been to Kenya before, so you know when you come back, you're never the same. And it's so incredible what God is doing through this ministry over there, that we're reaching nations through this ministry, and it's a privilege. And it's a privilege for me to minister today, and I don't take it lightly. Um, it is an absolute privilege, and I know that Pastor Nick and Pastor Misty have a responsibility to look after this pulpit and what gets preached from here. So um, it is a, an absolute privilege. What's happening back there? <laughs> God is moving. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm just reminded of Psalm 119, verse 30, and it says, at the entrance of God's word, it brings light and it gives us understanding. And that's what I'm praying that happens today, that your spirit man will be so excited about what God is doing in this church, in you, in the season, right across the globe. And what I love seeing is that God is wanting to do something in the church, not just for a select few, and I see how intentional Pastor Misty is and Pastor Nick is to bring the whole church along. So Pastor Misty, during uh, praise, she's very intentional about getting up here and making sure that when we're busy with, worship, with praise, that all the things that are breaking and holding us back is broken in Jesus' name so that God's people can walk in freedom when they enter into the presence during worship. So she's very intentional and, and led prophetically to do that. So submit when she encourages you to do that. Make sure that whatever is holding you back, what's ever scratching in your spirit, that you submit and that you're absolutely obedient in those moments. So God calls us to be obedient, but also to repentance. So there may be things that we could be holding some, a grudge against somebody. And in those moments, we need to lay it before the Lord because God does heart surgery in us and in our lives during worship. So to be able to just enter into that presence as a body, all in one accord, we do need to be able to be having those things broken off us so that we can press in. So remember what happened in the book of Acts when they were all in one accord, the Spirit of God moved. And we don't want to be hindering the Spirit of God because I'm so expectant that God's presence is going to start falling on this church, that we're going to be seeing the Shekinah glory with our naked eye as he comes present in this place. I am so expectant to see people in wheelchairs lined up out of the church, pushing in, trying to get in here because they know this is a house where God heals, right? Not because of fancy speaking, not, not because of anything else that man can conjure up, but because of the almighty presence of God that is going to move in this, in this house and in this church. And I'm declaring it prophetic, and I know that you can feel that. You can feel that in your spirit, and that is what's coming. So if you're making notes today, the title of my message is Walking in the Presence of God. <laughs> and it's so beautiful when Pastor Chris was encouraging us in the beginning of the message and he was speaking about pressing into the presence of God. That's exactly what Pastor Misty was ministering about and what Siobhan was ministering about in worship. 
And the body of Christ is in one accord because we expect and we know that this is a time where we need to be pressing into the presence of God. And there's a key here, and that is for those who diligently seek him. And it's not about a moment of an encounter, and encounters are great, but it's not just about that moment. It's about what is the intent of our heart? Is the intent of our heart for God to change us? Is the intent of of our heart for God to be able to become so real, for him to be our best friend, for us to know him better than we know anybody else, to be able to hear his voice immediately and not wonder, was that me or was that my mind? But to be able to know that that was our God, that was him speaking. So in Haggai 2 verse 9, and I'm going to ask Lexi to help me bring it up, and we're going to have a look at it in the Amplified Version. So what the Word of God says is the latter glory of this house, which is us right now, we're in the latter house, with its successor to which Jesus came, shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give you peace and prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. Isn't that an incredible promise? So if I think of what happened in the latter house or what happened in the year dot in the church, there were so many incredible revival stories. And I was busy, and I love studying the old generals of old. And one of the people I love studying is Catherine Kuhlman. Has anybody heard of Catherine Kuhlman, right? She was a televangelist who was based here in the United States. And she had a phenomenal ministry. She started a ministry as a teenage girl. And she had one message, and that was to teach people how to get saved. That was it, because that was her experience, and that is what she went out. And she faithfully went out to go and do that ministry. But when you hear her speak, she'll say, I have no talent. (laughs) I've got no gifts. All I've got is my love for God. And isn't that incredible? So what are the lessons we can learn from these old generals? And I started researching and reading and listening to her messages. And what was so beautiful is that she wouldn't minister until she could feel the presence of God. And she would wait. She would sit on the stage and she would wait until she could experience God's presence. Only then she would get up and minister. But what happened is that her church was so packed that people would line up. They couldn't get into the church. I was watching video footage of wheelchairs, people in wheelchairs trying to get into the sanctuary so that they could be touched. It was so phenomenal. At that age, and this was, I mean, she was born in the 1900s. She died in 1974, I think it was. So these, I mean, we're talking about decades ago of how God just moved so phenomenally. And she said, please don't call me a faith teacher or a faith healer. She said, it's God. She made sure that it was all about God, that she didn't get the glory in any of this. So we've got to be so aware of God's presence. We've got to nurture it. We've got to encourage it in the church because we want that, right? As a body, not just for one or two select few that just manage to press in. But this is what Pastor Nick and Pastor Misty have been doing is to usher the the Holy Spirit in, but for nobody to miss it, for no no army man to be left behind, for the entire body of Christ to come in in one accord to experience the incredible anointing, the incredible uh, presence of God. Who has ever felt the anointing and the presence of God in worship where you can feel it tangibly on you, like like liquid oil? You know, you might have had incredible encounters where you've laughed and that's wonderful, or where you've sobbed and I've ugly girl cried in church. (laughs) 
Um, you know, so, but, but there are those beautiful moments where you're just in worship and you can feel heaven's opening up for you right in that minute. And it's beautiful and it's gentle and it's sweet and it's so incredible that we don't want to miss what God is doing. Everybody needs to be able to press in and experience that. There is um, such an, another beautiful key, and that is to learn to fear God, to reverence Him, because that is the beginning of knowledge. That is where, and the beginning of wisdom, that is when we start breaking through, is when we revere and respect the presence of God, when we revere and respect God. Now, the name of Jesus is the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus... All enemies scatter. So the, the devil knows at the name of Jesus, he's got to duck, he's got to go out. So we've got to nurture the name of Jesus. His name is so worthy to be praised, right? Not blasphemed, not used in a sentence, not to be abused, but to be revered. Because even the devil realizes that at the name of Jesus, when his name is declared, he's got to bow his knee and get out of here, Right? So we've got to make sure that we worship this holy and this beautiful and this awful name, the name of Jesus, and he is so worthy to be praised. In Psalm 22, verse 3, there's such a beautiful scripture, and it says, Yet you, God, are holy. You are enthroned or inhabiting the praises of Israel. So enthroned means as soon as we start worshiping, in that moment of worship, God comes and lives there. I want to say that again, and I don't want you to miss this. When we worship God, the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, comes and fills this place because he inhabits the praises of God's people. So we need to be holy as he is holy, right? Um, we need to make sure that we're revering him and that we understand that it is good and right to be in awe of God. What I love about Catherine Kuhlman as well is that she mentions that she had no gifts, but she also blew it so badly in her life. There was a season that she made a mega, mega mistake, and she speaks about it freely, and she says, in that moment when God brought her to repentance, she said, Catherine Kuhlman died, and God started living in her life. And the last 15 years of her life was even more impactful because of um, her life-transforming moment before God. She just shook the rest of the world off and she focused and was so dedicated on God. So the last 15 years of her life was impactful and incredibly powerful. But she's the first one to say, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. And we, we in a human frame, we are going to stumble. We are going to be, we're going to fall. We're going to make mega mistakes. You know, I'm sure we can all put up our hands and say, we've, we've, we, can, we can understand, we've been there, we've done that. But God is so gracious. He forgives so quickly. But we need to have a repentant heart, a heart that is soft and pliable before God. So I want to encourage us, if God is dealing with us about those little issues, it speaks about, um, in the Song of Sol Solomon, it speaks about the little foxes that come and destroy the vine. And Pastor Nick has been speaking again and again about abiding in the vine. And abiding in the vine means to remain in God's presence, to remain in the vine. But the little foxes are going to come and they're going to try and distract. They're going to try and destroy what God is doing. They're going to try and deter what God is doing. They're going to create offences within the church. And we know how quickly offences can come in the church. 
And the enemy is so sly and so strategic. Who can hurt you most in your life are those that are closest to you. So, of course, the enemy is going to come and, and bring lies and bring accusations and you're going to misunderstand each other. But the enemy is very strategic in knowing that if the body of Christ is not in unity, if we are not in absolute unity and correcting things and going to our brother and sister and saying, you actually hurt me by this, can we just discuss it? Or there may be times where you can just say, okay, God, I'll just let it go. I'll surrender it before you heal me of this. But if you feel like you're constantly just picking at it in your mind, then go and address it. Go and fix it. Fix it quickly. Don't allow the offenses and, and anything to harbor and destroy what God is busy doing because he wants a body of Christ that is in absolute unity. So we need to be aware of the enemy's uh, destructive works that can come, those little foxes, whatever it is. And I know that God has been stirring with all of us. Pastor Nick has been speaking about uh, the pruning of the vine. So I don't know who's in it, but for me, for sure, God's been doing a lot of pruning. You know, Pastor Selena shared with us how God was just came in a vision while she was sitting right there, and God got her to address something in, in a beautiful way. In his sweet presence, he led you to, to deal with stuff. And I'm sure a lot of you can say, you know what, over the last couple of weeks, God's been highlighting some things in my life. I need to be pruning some things in my life and correcting things in his presence. And I'm so excited about the conference that's coming up for Pure Church. All the messages, everything that's been happening has been preparing us for this incredible nuggets and these keys that Pastor Nick's going to be teaching. So we've got to make sure that we're as right and as ready as possible. You know, um, Pastor Nick has been encouraging us to, to fast, you know, to start fasting, start praying, start being expectant, start hearing from God on what we need to be sowing because it is so important to be sowing in the season. But everything that has been shared and delivered from here has been preparing our hearts for what's going to be shared at the conference. And I want us to all be incredibly expectant that God is going to be doing something so phenomenal in this house that there's going to be a moment of breakthrough and ushering into a new season. So as the modern day church, let's not lose our awe of God. You know, we can become so casual with the things of God. You know, it's, it's wonderful to, to be saying that God is my daddy God, but he's also almighty God. He's not the man up there. That's not how casual we with God. He is almighty, almighty God who created the heavens and the earth. And he is all-powerful. He is all-present. He's omniscient. He knows everything. So we need to revere him and be very, very, very um, intentional about um, understanding um, about his presence. So I love Moses. Moses is my most favorite character. And I remember, I think it was my, one of my very first preachers I actually preached on Moses. And I just remember the days in running up to preparing for delivering the actual message. I just cried. I just cried because I just thought especially Exodus chapter 33, is the most beautiful chapter in the entire Bible, in my opinion. Because Moses just understood what it was like to push in into the presence of God. And his heart, and I don't want you to miss his heart. His heart was, show me your glory. 
He desired to have such an intimate and sweet, beautiful relationship with God. When last have we in our closet, in our time, our quiet time with the Lord said, God, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. And there's something so beautiful about the Shekinah glory of God. Um, I remember, I think it was in the 80s, um, and again, I'm dating myself terribly, but I went to visit Rhema in Johannesburg, and uh, Dr. Kenneth Hagen came to minister at Rhema Randburg. And it was so incredible. Before the service started, we'd arrived and we were praying. We went in early, early just to pray and get ready and our hearts ready for the service. But I remember praying for an hour in the spirit was absolutely nothing. It was a pleasure. I didn't even realize that an hour had gone by. And as we walked into the sanctuary with our naked eye, we could see the manifest presence of God. And that's what I so long for this church to see. And Moses understood this. And so did the people of Israel. They got to see the manifest presence of God in the sanctuary. And there's such a beautiful encounter or account in uh, chapter 33. So Moses walks towards the tent of meeting. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was. But it wasn't just about Moses. What is so interesting, and I want you to read it in chapter 33 in your quiet time, where every man stepped out of his tent, every man and woman, and they stood on the outs of their tent. Moses came by and they watched him. They watched him go into the tabernacle. And then the manifest glory of God arrived. And everybody got to see it. And they stood in reverence of God's presence. And we need to get to that place where we revere and honor the presence of God. Pastor Nick has been teaching us so beautifully over the last couple of months and weeks, and he's been teaching us that this is a season of unprecedented favor and divine increase. And we need to be tapping into it, not forgetting what God is already teaching us on how to get there. And he's been teaching us about how to abide in the vine. And this is so beautiful. It means being positioned in Christ, constantly aware of his presence so that we don't miss out on what God is doing in the season. So I was speaking about what happened in the days of old, and I just love uh, the book of Acts, where it just had so many beautiful accounts accounts of what had happened. So there was Philip, who, uh, who knows about what happened with Philip, where he was supernaturally teleported to go and minister to the eunuch. And it is such an incredible account. So can you imagine God visits Pastor Mike, And he says to Pastor Mike, I want you to go to New Orleans right now and go and minister to the mayor. And in an instant, Pastor Mike is there and he runs alongside and keeps up to the car so that he can minister, because this is exactly what happened back then, right? So Philip was transported supernaturally in an instant so that he could minister to the eunuch. So can you imagine that that starts happening in this church where we've got accounts where we can say, God transported me in a minute so that I could go and minister salvation to somebody who was seeking me. Can you imagine that happening in this church? Now, remember what I spoke about that the uh, latter church, which is us, would be greater than the former church. So if we think of all the incredible things that happen in the book of Acts, another account is when Peter just walked and his shadow got people healed. Can you imagine Siobhan walking along and your shadow touches somebody and they get healed instantly? 
That is what we need to be expectant. And God says that the latter church will be greater. So we can expect greater things to be happening in and through us. So let's not miss what God is busy doing in the season. But we need to be seeking God's presence, not only those moment-from-moment encounters, but in our own quiet time, seeking and pressing in into his presence. And I love King David. If we have a look at Psalm 84, and I want us just to have a look at this, we're going to have a look at the first two verses, and then we're going to jump to uh, verse 10. But this is what King David was saying. And if you think about him, he was the king. He could have relied on one of the priests to go into the sanctuary to pray on behalf of of the, the nation. But he as a king went in because he didn't want to miss out on God's incredible presence. And this is what King David said. He said, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heavenly armies. I long... He absolutely, I don't miss his heart. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter into the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Isn't that powerful? Don't miss his heart. His heart was so incredible after the presence of God. If we go down to verse 10, it says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And he was saying, even if I can just get one day, That will make up for any other thing because he knew how sweet the presence of God was, how good and how powerful the presence of God was. It goes on to say, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord or a gatekeeper in the house of my God than to live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord our God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. And then listen to this. This is a promise that comes in from pressing in. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. So isn't that beautiful that if we seek after God, there's a promise, there's a benefit, there's a blessing that comes with it. So let's, let's just, in this, in this season, learn how to press in, learn how to understand, because there is such an incredible blessing that will come to you and your family and this church when we press in. So my question is, has God changed? No? He's the same yesterday, today, and he'll be the same forevermore. So what God did in the former church, and he promises he'll do even more so in this latter church, we need to be expectant. We need to be expectant for him to transform our lives and to transform this church. Uh, Pastor Nick's been sharing a lot about Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Those are two Jewish feasts that are coming up. And the one feast starts on Friday. So the Jewish nation will start um, celebrating these feasts, and they're quite significant now. As a church, we're not Jewish, and we're not um, celebrating these feasts, but there's such an incredible, powerful lesson that we can learn in this. And I just want to talk a little bit about the the, uh, Jewish high priests and the rituals that they follow, and the incredible promise that has come through the blood of Jesus to us. So in Matthew 5, verse 17, it says, Jesus said that he did not come to do away with the law, but to accomplish the, 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 the law and to accomplish its purpose. So during Yom Kippur, what happens is that the priest would go in into the most holy place, the Holy of Holies. And the old, so in the Old Testament, there are accounts of this. So what happened is when, a, when an Old Testament priest was robed, he had bells on the edge of his um, garments. 
and he had a, a rope tied to his one foot. And that's what happened with our high priest. But the, there would be another priest that would hold on to the other edge of the, the rope. So that when he went into the presence of God, into the Shekinah glory, to bring that atonement sacrifice on behalf of the rest of Israel, if he did anything wrong, the Shekinah presence of God would kill him. So he needed to abide letter for letter on what he needed to do in the presence of God. So the, if, if those bells stopped rattling too long, <laughs> the other priest would yank him out of the presence of God. So this is how awesome and how incredible God is. But what happened when Jesus Christ died on the cross for us? He came to fulfill the law. And I want us to read in Hebrews 10 verse 19 from uh, verse 19 to 22. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly now enter into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Uh, verse 20. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over the house of God, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So the significance of Yom Kippur is that they go and they do that atonement. They do that sacrifice to atone for the sins of the nation of Israel. But what is interesting is that the, the um, atonement just means that that sacrifice will only be done once a year and it will cover the sins of the people just for that year. So the, the sacrifice is just a covering. It's a blood sacrifice, but it just covers. It doesn't, doesn't release, doesn't appease the sin. It just covers the sin. But because of the New Testament, because of the blood of Jesus, because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, there's no more further sacrifice that's needed. That's the significance of Yom Kippur and the Day of Atonement. We need to understand that Jesus, when he died on the cross, his blood was shed. That is the ultimate sacrifice. There's nothing further that we need to do to earn or to deserve God's grace or his favour. In that moment when Jesus said, it is finished, and he gave up his life and his blood was shed, our sins are forgiven for always and forever. And that is the significance. We don't need a Jewish high priest to be able to go in once a year with a chance of being struck dead <laughs> and to go and do just an atonement that will cover our sins. But the blood of Jesus has brought absolute freedom, absolute victory. And he's, brought, he's called his people to step up higher in the season, to be able to access everything that he has purchased through his blood and through his broken body. So in Matthew 27, verse 51, it says, at the moment that, and this is when Jesus died, at that very moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So previously, the high priest would have to go and bypass the curtain to be able to get into the Holy of Holies. But that curtain has now been torn, which means God's people, you and I, can now come boldly into God's presence. We don't need to rely on a high priest to be able to do this. And he says, come in your time of need. So if we go back to uh, Hebrews 10, just verse 19. So dear brothers and sisters, you can now boldly enter heaven's most holy place 
because of the blood of Jesus. So let's honor the work of the cross. Let's be so expectant about what God is going to be doing in this season and um, in this church. Down.